Jacob Pelletier makes his Flames NHL debut. And of course, the Flames actually turn out one of the best games of the season today. And we're going to discuss it on Locked on Flames. Your Locked on Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Flames. Thank you so much for tuning in to a weekend edition of the show. I figured we could dive on into uh, Pelt's debut and some Daryl Sutter comments ahead of Gaudreau's homecoming on Monday because we can never, ever have a quiet moment here in the sea of red. But if you are new here and you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? I'm Jess, and I'm here with you every day, and Nick is joining me now. Uh, We'll probably be up to two times a week by the end of the month, and of course, we're everywhere you can find your favorite podcasts. I, if you're watching on YouTube, I am absolutely living for this Locked On beanie. I have such a big head, so I'm shocked that it actually fits. So let's talk about today. It was a Saturday matinee game, and the Dome looked empty uh you know like 20 minutes before puck drop and that was kind of surprising to me considering how consistent the team is with you know sellouts or nearly full capacity but the flames went on to win and we're going to talk more about that you know dissecting the game in a minute but Daryl Sutter had had some comments that really rubbed not only me but some of the other members of the media the wrong way as well eric francis tweeted daryl sutter just can't bring himself to buy into the city's excitement over pelletier's debut i asked what he thought of his game he asked what number he is and grabbed the game sheet and read his stats 21 years of age he's got a long way to go that is so disrespectful like to pretend, quote-unquote pretend, that you didn't know what number this kid is, and then you don't offer your true opinion, your eye test, you read the stat line. And I think that he had like six minutes of even strength time, a minute of uh, power play time, and things like that. But So TSN says six minutes and 35 seconds, 13 shifts, average 30 seconds a shift, 43 seconds on the power play, played five minutes and 52 seconds, and had one shot on net. So we're going to go through this thread by uh, Salem Valji, who will be joining me later this week to talk about the Calgary Flames. But I wanted to go over this. Salem isn't one that holds back. He is someone who is honest and kind of uh, tells it how it is, but in a much more eloquent way than I can. (laughs) So Salem quote tweeted Eric Francis's tweet with the quote I just gave you. And he says, I was a bit surprised by this too. Was also surprised by Sutter pretending to not know which number Pelletier was. And then instead of offering an honest assessment of his play, reading out his stat line and not offering his own thoughts. Not sure I understand the logic sometimes of Daryl Sutter's responses. First round pick, been a good pro, produced at the AHL level, fully earned his NHL call-up, 
played quite well in his NHL debut, and your coach not even acknowledging your existence publicly with the little thinking emoji. And I could not agree more because I just, I feel like they're obviously like, there's a reason why people say Sutter doesn't like playing the young kids and he has an issue with the young kids. And I get that. But then when he kind of plays too far into it, like, I don't know if he's playing into it or if he is truly feeling this way, but it, this is just unacceptable. Um, You know, this feels like the exact opposite of what he said when he was discussing Peltz is, uh, you know, not expectations, but kind of where he, where he could be and compared him to Manji Apani and Dylan Dubé, which is rather high praise, if you ask me. And I am shocked at how this, how that went. I'm appalled because, you know, he had those comments about Jonathan Huberto earlier in this season about him needing to go to the bathroom and that's why he wasn't on the ice. And Huberto was actually on the medical table. And I guess, mind you, this is like a week into the season, like maybe a few weeks in at that point. But, and he upset Huberto. Huberto was like, I was on the medical table. Like what? And that's how you want to start the season with your new acquisition. But back to Salem's thread. I've wondered about the potential cumulative cumulative effects of these media comments by Sutter, which have been numerous since training camp. Player slash team morale, group dynamic slash chemistry, perceptions that the organization isn't a welcoming environment. The sound bites have sound the sound bites have side effects. Not to mention that fans, paying consumers, aren't getting the information and insight in context they generally they genuinely want out of a leader of the team they root for and invest money in and this is this is the one right here that i think ownership needs to really look at you're trying to convince the city to invest hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars into a new arena decision makers who see these clips i get some of what daryl sutter has done and has had a pleasant off-camera, have had plenty of pleasant off-camera chats with him, but his public comments, not sure his goal. And then Kent Wilson says, Sutter's main objective in press conferences these days seems to be poking the fans or the media in my eyes. You know, there's a way to play into things and to make it a little less, yeah, no, I would say less confrontational and less about um, yourself and kind of make it a little bit more player-centered because I'm sorry, but your comments are just so negative. And I'm sure that the players are fully aware of what you're saying. And that plays into it. If I were Matthew Coronado, who is the Flames' first round pick in 2021, I believe. Yes, um, 2020 or 2021, I cannot remember I'm so sorry but I would be talking to my agent I would be talking to Harvard this kid is producing phenomenally at the Hockey East level and I'm sure that he's probably going to want to start jumping on some NHL level production stuff in his development uh, whether that is continuing with the Flames or what it's just very discouraging and I'm reading I'm looking more through this thread here and Kel Kent Wilson says, as soon as there's a whiff 
of the media or fans questioning him, Sutter turns into a level 10 troll. That's fine by me, I guess, as far as fans and media go, but the players in question, but the player in question didn't deserve this. I mean, yeah. I, like, I get trolling like a Bill Belichick, but Sutter's comments are a lot harsher. And they're definitely not as um, the delivery, like, it's not landing the same way as a Bill Belichick comment would. And coming up next, we are going to talk about the game and how I think the Flames played and what on earth was going on out on the ice tonight. But before we do that, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. We just got through the holiday season and I know that my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. If you're just like me and you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise the taste, especially when it comes to chocolate, I have the thing for you. And those are Built Bars. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and it comes in flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. These protein bars are, again, covered in 100% chocolate. They're low in calories, high in fiber, high in protein, and low in sugar and carbs. And if you are around a Walmart or Sam's Club, you don't have to wait around for a delivery from Built.com. Head on over to your local Sam's Club to pick up a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. And you can thank me later. Thank you for tuning into Locked on Flames. And uh, make sure you're following me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. You know, Sutter's comments aside, I will say, today's game went exceptionally well. It was so great to see... Sutter, uh, I mean Sutter, <laughs> Palatier out there, go go out there and do that solo lap. You know, I think that's such an exciting moment. You know, that's something that he's been waiting for for so long, and especially like those final uh, anticipation, like that those final moments of being like, ah, like this is, <laughs> it could happen any day. And then, you know, yesterday you go out there and you practice with the fourth line and then you find out today you're playing and you finally get to live that up. So congratulations to Pelts. Just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and just, it was great. You know, I don't care that he only had one shot on goal, but he played every single shift like it was his last. And that's the kind of energy and urgency you need from this team. You need a little bit of youth thrown in there. Okay. We're, we, we've been over that. But going into this homestand, I said that the game against Tampa would be the one that's like acceptable to lose because Tampa Bay is in an entirely different class than the Flames. And, you know, you want to talk about the Avs being in a different class. I just I feel like the Tampa Bay Lightning are just absurd. They going into today's game, Braden Point had 27 goals and Kucherov, I think, had like 65 points compared to the Flames with Kadri had 17 heading into today and Lindholm had 41 points. Like, come on, look at that and tell me that there is not a stark difference between these two teams. I'm okay. I'm okay with how today turned out. I thought that they played very well. Once again, they're playing like an entirely different team in front of Dan Vladar. From the second they hit the ice, I did not recognize this team. They were high-paced, high-energy, clicking. 
they they the that chemistry was going and Dan Vladar looked fantastic. It's like they feel more confident playing in front of him. Maybe they should just fake it till you make it with Markstrom and hope that we can translate some of that over here, right? <laughs> but one of the things that I noticed when they went down two to one, I I was I was sick to my stomach. I was like, this is it. This this is it. This is where we have a repeat of the Avalanche game. And it's gonna be like 17 to 1. But just by like the end of the third period. Like by the end of the game, like it's gonna look like a football score or something. But no, 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 no. They scored three straight goals after Noah Hannafin's little little oopsie daisies. Rasmus Anderson had a goal, and of course, Noah Hannafin had a three-point game as well. Um, I, I would just like to say that the those two are, I think growing into a very lethal combination on the ice and I love it I love every second of it I know defensemen are turning into like two-way defensemen now when people are like the Norris trophy just goes to whoever has the most points but do you know how fun it is to watch like flashy defensemen out there like there's a reason why Bobby Orr got talked about still gets talked about because he could score because he could score and um I really enjoy watching defensemen score especially when it's the flames defenseman out there but at one point the flames had double the shots on net uh compared to the bulls and i when i looked at that i i had to make sure i was looking at the right thing and, and Sportsnet wasn't like all messed up but no I, it ended up being uh 41 to 24 shots in calgary's favor which was just astonishing I really liked what what we saw out there on the ice again I feel like this team the the issue is is that they don't play the full 60 minutes at an acceptable like they are not at a hundred percent you either have to come out at a hundred and ten percent and just kind of like I don't want to say coast through the rest of the game but you know pace yourself or you got to crank it up to 150 and give yourself like a seven goal lead by the first intermission because this team just they can't afford to get too comfortable. <laughs> they can't. And I Noah Hannafin again, Noah Hannafin just stick taps all around, had an excellent block. Nazem Kadri had a goal. Let me read through the box score here on nhl.com. I just had this pulled up. So Kadri had a goal. Toffoli had a goal. Rasmus Anderson, Dylan Dubé, uh, Jonathan Huberdeau had the empty netter, and Blake Coleman. Whenever Dylan Dubé is in a Blasty jersey, there is something. Like, he becomes one with Blasty, and he's off. He is off to the races, and I love it. I think Dubé is, again, the most improved player. I owe him he I owe him an apology. I owe him some flowers. Like I take and not that I've ever said anything like rude about him, but I just didn't know and didn't think he was capable of being that top line winger. He surprised us and it was a, it's a delightful surprise to have. And when you have you know Elias Lindholm racking up these assists and his wingers scoring, like this this is what you want consistently kind of like last year like I feel like the Flames are finally in a point where they're seeing 
to Foley goals consistently. We aren't really seeing, I feel like, as many Elias Lindholm goals, but he doesn't have the same wingers as he did last year. But you could almost guarantee a goal from one of those three top, from your top line last year, every game. And I think we're inching to that spot. So I will happily take it. I will take any of that because this team, when they score first and have that kind of momentum behind them, they become a team that is so unrecognizable. I did not recognize that team out there tonight. This has to be one of their best performances. And of course, one of the most important wins of the season. I think that it, one, helps Pelletier's case. I think that it helps Dan Vladar's case. I don't really care what Daryl Sutter has to say about Pelts only having one shot on goal. Okay, well, you know, I'm sure he had some butterflies. I'm sure that he didn't want to be fully in control. And you also had him down on the fourth line for a little bit. So I don't know. I don't know what you expected. Playing him with higher quality players is more than likely going to be your shot at, you know, getting more out of him. But coming up next, we are going to do our winners and losers of the week. Since yesterday, I recorded with no mic on. <laughs> Had it muted the entire time. So let's let's just um, do that. I really think that, uh, you know, I, I need to preface this because normally it is very, very, very difficult to narrow it down between like two losers so only like one gets the crown right like they this this week it was very easily vox and uh you know severing ties and cutting their nhl and or professional hockey and i believe some mls coverage as well and that's incredibly disappointing um a good chunk of my friends and Locked On Network writers lost their jobs yesterday, Friday, middle of the month, you know. Um, it, it's devastating. The Ice Garden no longer being associated with SB Nation and monetized through Vox is devastating. The Ice Garden is your number one resource for women's hockey coverage when it comes to NCAA, Hockey East, professional, and Olympic. Like, it does not matter. They have it covered. Like, the Olympics, I remember following in 2018, and their Olympic coverage was spectacular. I learned so much about women's hockey through them. And to see that potentially go to the wayside right now is a little devastating. A little being an understatement. And, you know, there is no right way to lay someone off. There is no reason why you should be laying off writers when hockey is growing at an exponential rate. You know, you have SB Nation and Fansided have been launch pads to people's careers. Um it's just really upsetting to see, and I wish nothing but the best for the writers that are affected by this. And my winners of the week, I believe I have two. 
No, I don't. I lied. <laughs> My winner of the week is the Chicago Sky season ticket holders. There is now officially a wait list for Chicago Sky uh, WNBA season tickets, which is phenomenal. That is incredible. You know, they won in they won the championship in 2021 um, and then Las Vegas won it this past season and it's just I feel like the game is growing every every day you know we see something else and there's so many fantastic women's basketball players and professionally and at a collegiate level I'm telling you right now LSU's basketball women's basketball team is one of the most fun exciting teams to watch I, I can't stand the NBA I like it's so it's I'm not saying that, like, player-run leagues are bad, but I feel like it has taken such a turn. Like, it's not as fun as it used to be. Uh, but it just – it feels like there's just, like – it's just run by the players, and it's not, like, this competitive thing. Like, you know who's going to be going to the championship every year, and it's not fun, where – you know, with the WNBA or the collegiate side of hockey, you have this true level of competitiveness and people want to be national champions. People want to be, you know, world champions. And there is nothing quite like watching women's sports grow. And I love it. And of course, the PHF also just renewed their, um, I guess, Discover, Discover Credit Card, uh, Discover Bank, has renewed their partnership with the PHF, which is oh so exciting. So congratulations to both of those leagues that are thriving. And of course, we have the World Cup, Women's World Cup going on, I believe right now as well. It's on a, ungodly hours for me because I think they're playing in like Australia or something. I, I can't. I love soccer, but no. Um, I actually played soccer for a while. Love that. Love playing goalie. Um, <laughs> for those of you who uh, might not follow me on Twitter, I, I tweet about this all the time whenever I watch soccer. But when I, my parents signed me up for soccer when I was like four or five and I went to play and <laughs> I didn't want to run. So I would like stop midfield and just like walk off because I didn't under I didn't understand I no one had taught me anything and you're four or five years old it's like fundamentals or whatever so they were like you're gonna be a goalie and I was and I was a very good goalie um, I just I stopped playing because I wasn't having fun like my town was way too competitive <laughs> and I just I wasn't good enough to be that competitive so. Story time with Jess here on Locked on Flames. And thank you all so much for hanging out with me. And I will see you tomorrow with, uh, or I guess, Monday, rather, with Jay from Locked on Blue Jackets as we discuss Johnny's homecoming here on Locked on Flames.